0: Welcome to Left Foot. We invite fresh conversation on business development. Now, here's your host, Nicole Giantonio.
1: Hello, listeners, and welcome to Left Foot. Today, our guest is Peter Aziz, the founder and managing partner of Peter Aziz Associates. Peter's firm has offices in three New Jersey counties and focuses on commercial litigation, real estate, matrimonial and franchise law. A member of the New Jersey Bar Association, on weekends, Peter coaches the Clifton High School mock trial team. Peter, I've given our listeners some insight into your role and background. Can you expand on what I've said and give us a glimpse into who you are personally? No problem.
0: So basically, I was born and raised in Clifton, New Jersey, which is roughly, it's grown to about a population of 70,000, which sounds like a lot, but it really isn't considering the way way we are located geographically. But I was born and raised in this town, uh, went to high school here, went to college at the next town, which is Montclair, graduated and went off to law school in Pennsylvania. After graduating law school, I, I worked at a law firm, um, pretty big commercial law firm where I was primarily doing transactional work, basically sitting in an office and, you know, reading contracts and, and stuff like that. And after about six months, I, I I actually quit. I quit and opened up my own practice, worked out of my mother and father's office, home office. For about three months until I grew enough clients to rent office space at my first location, which is my main location in Clifton, actually on Clifton Avenue, less than maybe a quarter mile away from my house. And that's where basically it all began.
1: That must have been a scary experience to quit what probably was a very good job. And, and one, of course, that would uh, be the job that people would want after going to law school. I mean, what was that experience like for you?
0: It was, it was tough. I mean, what happened was obviously I got out of law school, a ton of debt. Um, I interviewed at a bunch of firms. Um, This firm, the managing partner was actually a graduate of my law school. And during the interview, it went great. I mean, we talked about law school. We actually had some of the same professors and uh, she ended up really enjoying the conversation and we barely even talked about my duties. So I didn't even really know what I was going to do until I started. When I initially started, you know, they were they were giving me very limited um, leeway on what I could do. But after a while, I kind of figured out that this is all I'm going to be doing. And I got to a point after six months where I, I – the money was okay, but I just I, – I really didn't enjoy it. And actually what happened was – my, my grandmother had passed away on a Thursday and I was working and I went into my supervisor's office and I, I told him, listen, I, I, I have to take off Friday. And he, he said, no, he said, I can't. No way. So that made my decision very easy. I mean, I, I, I that same day I went, I walked back in my office, sat down, looked around, realized I had no windows in the office and said, I can't do this the rest of my life. And, and I uh, I quit. I quit that very day. Six months out of law school into, well, after passing the bar, working at this firm, I, I quit. People thought I was crazy. I mean, I, I wasn't making six figures, but it was a pretty good salary for somebody right out of law school.
1: Right. No, that's that's a big deal. So obviously you you you're covering a lot of clients through these three offices. How many people are in the firm? What does it look like?
0: Basically, it's so it's comprised of three attorneys, um, two paralegals and a secretary. Secretary is basically the central hub. You know, she directs all the clients to where they need to go, whether it's a certain paralegal, an exact attorney. But um, our, that's what our staff consists of. Um Two of the attorneys, myself and another attorney, we're pretty much full-time, always here, at least in one of the office. The third one is kind of like a per diem. Um, when we need him, we we use him. And then we have a database of about three other attorneys that we use when we need them in, limit, in a limited capacity. Um, if we're asked, if we're working on a certain matter and, there, and there's some specifics that are needed that this attorney we know is, you know, educated on this area of law, we, we will outsource and use that attorney. And typically they're specialists. They work at larger firms and they, they're pretty much of counsel.
1: Fantastic. So how many years have you been at it?
0: Total now, it's about three years.
1: And you've had to, of course, that first day after, um, you know, you left and and decided, you know, okay, this is what I'm going to do. You had to grow your business and, and get clients. So if you could Chat a bit about, you know, how you did that.
0: Well, the, the f- very first thing I did is I, I knew nothing about how to start a law firm. I mean, in my mind, a law firm was this intricate, you know, big web of, of steps that you had to do and, and had to get permission from here and permission from there. So I knew nothing. So I actually just started, you know, looking up the rules about having your own practice in New Jersey. From that point, I filed an LLC, which took about 30 minutes. And, you know, got some business cards off Vistaprint, um, which cost, again, close to nothing. And, you know, had a little bit of money put aside from the couple of months I was working at the firm and I was living at home at the time. I basically made a Facebook page and put some money towards the Facebook campaign. And that's how I started. Started off Facebook, started with the, the people that I, I grew up with, you know, people from, as far back as actually middle school, high school, college, um, and just people from the community, people that I go to the gym with in Clifton in this town, just, and just started. That's literally how I started.
1: A lot of things probably went into that process that, you know, I I agree with you, you know, getting a Facebook page, getting cards, getting an LLC. Those are the, you know, things that are a lot easier than one might imagine, right? Until when you do them, you're like, wow, that was pretty easy. So, uh, but I'm sure there were things that were more challenging. What about you made this easier? What personal habits do you have or strengths that, that made this easier for you to really both make the decision and then start?
0: Best thing that I did was just pick up the phone and call seasoned attorneys and basically have no shame and just tell them, look, I just quit my job at a law firm. I want to hang up my own shingle. What do you think I should do? What are are some things that you did? What did you do that was right? What did you do that was wrong? And I, you know, first I compiled a list of about 10 to 15 attorneys that I knew either in the media area or maybe, you know, even from law school that I clerked for, or I knew through people and I just made a list, called them, um, and i got calls back from actually a fair amount i would say about i spoke to at least eight or nine attorneys and got advice from all of them i mean they all had something different to say which was great but i i that was basically the foundation of what gave me direction because otherwise you know i i don't know i don't know um and they all gave me they all gave me very very insightful advice and, and i'm truly lucky for that
1: that is a real, I love that process. Now, it's interesting. You said something that um, you said, you you know, you didn't, there was no shame in doing it. And I have to say, that's probably what prevents people from doing some things, right? That they have this perception. Like if I ask, they'll, you know, they'll know that I, you know, that I left or they may not think it was a good idea to leave the law firm. So that that's a really interesting, um, so it, it almost sounds like you felt You might've felt a little bit of it or you.
0: It's, it's, it's tough. I mean, I, I talked to an attorney. I'll never forget an attorney out in Pennsylvania. I mean, he was in his late seventies, very seasoned, still practiced law. And he told me something that I still use to this day. And he said, if you don't know the answer to something, ask people who you think they may know, who may know. And that could be a judge until this day. If I have an issue with a case and I don't know how to approach it, I will literally write to the judge. Here's the issue. I don't know how to approach it. What is your opinion? How can we move this along? And I will, of course, CC opposing counsel and clients and whatnot. But b- believe it or not, judges are receptive. They will send a letter out and say, this is what needs to be done. This is what I recommend. And I have other attorneys that will call me up, You know, opposing counsel. I had one time call me up and say, hey, I didn't even know we can do that you know, I'm glad you asked. And, and, you know, some people are afraid of looking foolish or looking, you know, a little bit, um, you know, uh, childish asking something. Oh, I don't know, you know, hold my hand, show me how to do this. But th- that's, that's how I still approach things. If you don't know, ask somebody who it's, it's actually very simple. It's very simple.
1: It's fantastic advice. And what a great opportunity. i You know, that is something I'm sure many people do not know, many lawyers don't know and or wouldn't use even if they know it. Right. So to be able to use it and really gain the respect, uh, you know, people like to be asked. And if the judge is willing to provide insight and direction. Wow. You know, why not? Why not ask?
0: Absolutely. Judges, prosecutors too. I mean, I've had plenty of cases where I I walk and sit down with the prosecutor. Here's the situation. I I looked up case law. I looked up this. I don't see anything on it. What do you think? And the prosecutor will either give you his opinion and what he thinks, how we should move forward. Or sometimes they'll just, they'll say, I don't know. And we'll go conference with the judge and you, you approach it that way. So.
1: To, very insightful, I have to say. We've interviewed a number of attorneys for Leffa, and at different stages of their careers. And I'm always um, excited when we hear something different, and that is definitely um, a new piece of information. I know will be valuable. So thank you. Let's talk about your strategy. So you now have a firm. You've got you know others in the firm with you. You have clients. You know, do you have a strategy that? really talks about how you're going to grow or continue to maintain your clients. Is it something that's written down or something you spend time thinking about, or is it more ad hoc? I mean,
0: it's, I would say it's a hybrid of pretty much everything. I mean, you know, there's different strategies. I have marketing strategies. I have, you know, strategy, you know, any lawyer will tell you your your best your best marketing strategy is a client you've already represented, right? Because they'll be they'll sit at a dinner table and somebody will bring up, "Hey, did you purchase your house? Yes, I bought it. How was that like?" And they start talking about their lawyer. And there could be somebody at that table who who needs a lawyer. So your best your best um, form of advertising is the clients you've already basically. Uh, represented. So that's where I start with my strategies as, as far as developing new business. So I, you know, every holiday, every, you know, chance I get where I'm able to, I will personally write cards to those clients. Um, and then I have, you know, a database of clients that are like really great clients, you know, people that own corporations, landlords who own numerous buildings. I will actually send them a, you know, a Christmas basket or whatever, you know, some people think that's corny and, 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 you know, a little bit cliche, and, but I truly am a firm believer in, in, you know, if you treat your clients right, they will refer you. The second strategy is generating new business. I mean, you know, it's, people only need lawyers a certain amount of times. Unless you own a business or you, you're a landlord with multiple properties, very rarely will the average person encounter an attorney more than, you know, a couple times in a given situation. So. As far as strategy on that end, I mean, it's it's a long list of things, a very long list. I would say the biggest thing is just reviewing monthly and quarterly the money you spend on advertising. Where is it going? What's happening with it? What's your return? because I, I actually talk to other lawyers all the time. I mean, downtime in court, I like to talk to other lawyers about their advertising and, and what they do. And I ask them, you know, do you know if you're making money off that? Like you're spending X amount on, on this, are you getting back any return? And almost every time their answer is, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. I could be, I could, I could not be. So that's basically, you know, how I approach my marketing is I need to know how much money am I making off this initial investment. And if, if I'm not, then something needs to change. And I change up my game plan probably every three months with my marketing.
1: So what have you seen change in the last three years in that marketing plan?
0: My, my biggest evolution, I would say from when I first started till now, I actually even though i started off with facebook i actually don't advertise on facebook at all i have my page but i do not advertise on facebook at all because i learned through through looking at my trends and my numbers and everything that it's not the you know when i say quality i don't mean like they're of poor quality i mean the people that are reaching out are just reaching out for personal knowledge or they're reaching out for a friend or they're reaching out out of curiosity they're not you know what they call marketing quality leads Um, So I've evolved from kind of like the Facebook to the, you know, the more popular attorney advertising sites, which again, not all of them work, but I could, I've probably tried every single one out there. You name it, I've tried it. And, and uh, another big thing is too, I don't like to be tied down to advertising contracts, which is something that I've learned that I don't, you know, how are you supposed to tie into a year? With a contract, if you don't know if it's gonna work. So I I usually try to do three months, which is something that I've evolved with from when I first started. When I first started, if I saw something working or I thought it would work, I would have no problem being tied into a year. But now, unless that company is willing to give me a three-month contract with you know an opportunity to renew if X, Y, and Z happens, I won't sign up with them. I I won't. And there's been plenty of companies where I've denied where they could work great for me, but I just I won't do it because it's it's not worth the risk. Mm
1: -hmm. Do you do, how much networking do you do? I mean, I know you have an established network because you've, you know, obviously you spent, you were raised in the town that you're working in. And and obviously a lot of those people have gone into the other towns in which you have offices. And I'm assuming the other lawyers are also from that area. But do you do other networking? Are you involved with groups within the community?
0: Yes. Yeah, so uh, my biggest thing, because I, I do a lot of real estate, Um, I do a lot of networking with real estate agents because they're the first point of contact. Right. So somebody signs a contract, you know, the agents are there. They, they're going to tell them in New Jersey, you need an attorney. Do you have an attorney? They're going to look to the agent to refer. Typically, the agent will refer at least three attorneys. That way he's not, you know, directing them. To something that they may not want, so I do a lot of networking with real estate events. For example, I'm part of the uh, Eastern Bergen County Board of Realtors. I, I sponsor a lot of their events. Actually, tonight there's a um, a holiday gala at a uh, at a country club, and I'm sponsoring that. So you know, there's ads out in their pamphlets that they hand out. They blast emails out. You know, I sponsor it, and and. I do stuff like that at the bare minimum once a month. I think it's, it's crucial to do things like that at least once a month.
1: And when you're at the event, do you have any particular things? So I, so I'll give you an example. When I go to a networking event, depending on the event, if, it, if it's a uh, in my business that's associated with private equity, we tend to go to a lot of events and there's a lot of people and the intent is to meet people. So I tend to have a short conversation with someone Exchange cards and then I do follow up afterwards. I go to other events where there might be longer, or frankly, if I go to some of the women's events I go to, I find that women network a little differently, and they want to spend a little bit more time even in that initial meeting. So I tend to spend a little bit more time before exchanging cards. Do you have anything that you do that is a best practice?
0: What I do is I will ex- I will give my card out, irrespective of whether or not they give me theirs, or irrespective of they can be a benefit if they can be a beneficial connect so if it's for example um this is actually i met somebody at a networking event about two months ago they were from i believe arizona they lived in arizona their family's from arizona and i still gave them my card told them about what i do um you know They gave me their card. I sent them a, you know, I usually get the cards. I send up a follow up email, you know, the next day or two afterwards. Nice to meet you. Blah, blah, blah. This is where I'm located, things like that. And they actually referred me a client of a, the person they referred me was a friend of a friend who lived in New Jersey who was looking for an attorney. So my rule is always introduce yourself, give a card. Irrespective of whether you may think they may be beneficial or not, so again, they may be somebody on the other side of the country, you know, who probably will never need you, or probably, you know, isn't won't be ever buying anything in this area or have an issue in this area. But I still give them my card. The world has become much smaller than it than it was, you know, in the past because of obvious things like social media and and you know the internet and everything. Everything is much smaller. So somebody in Arizona isn't necessarily as far as you think they are. (laughs) So.
1: Right. There you go. (laughs) There you go. So Peter, a success story. Uh, Can you describe a situation where there was a client, you know, that is now a client and it really came in some different way, or you were surprised that you now have that client as a client.
0: In a sense of, a new client or in a sense of somebody that I, I didn't think I would have as a client.
1: Either, either one that, you know, it's just surprising to you. I mean, I think in our lifetimes, you know, per your point you just made, I mean, it, the world is getting smaller and I'm shocked sometimes at how someone finds out about what I'm doing and, you know, where the connection came from. And, you know, then it becomes a very fruitful relationship. And, and I'm, when I look back, I'm like, how did that turn into that? So a success story like that, where something is just surprising to you that you now have that, that company or that person is being a significant portion of your business.
0: Uh, I'll give you, I'll give you a really actually <laughs> detailed, uh, answer to that. So I was, my wife is originally from Dallas, Texas. So I was actually visiting her when we were dating a couple of years ago. Um, we were, You know, she was living there. So I was take I took a taxi to the airport and I I have this habit of, of always giving, you know, the driver my card. So I gave my the driver my card and about I would say less than a couple of days later, I get an email from somebody who was taking a taxi to the airport, apparently after me, who was talking to the driver about needing an attorney. And the driver gave him my card. Um, I met with this person. This person actually is the owner of a large pharmaceutical marketing company who I now do in-house counsel work for. So they are very large, probably one of my largest clients. Um, I do work for them, you know, on a monthly basis, whether it's collections or, or, you know, Lawsuits or anything, a plethora of different things. But that's how that client came. That client came from a card to a taxi driver who I never thought I would, you know, get anything fruitful from, but I did.
1: That is an amazing. That is great. That is a perfect, you know, story of. And and I have to say, someone I uh, follow talks about the fact that Uber drivers know more about business than most because they're, they always get asked by people, how do you like Uber? And they always, you know, usually depending on who they are, they might engage in a conversation, right? So very often, you know, they've got so much information. So what a, what a great story. That is, that is fantastic. I'd love to hear stories like that. So the legal industry is changing and of course, as a three-year uh, owner of a practice or, or principal in a practice, um, you've probably seen some change. Probably not as much as those that i have been practicing since uh, 2008, when we we really started to see a, a change in, in how people spent uh, their their business dollar. In your opinion, you know, how has the market changed? Do you have any perspective on the future of legal services? And and I pose the question because we talk about business development. And then, of course, people are purchasing legal services in different ways now through networks of lawyers, et cetera. So just your thoughts on how it's changed in the last three years and, and what you might think is next.
0: I mean, I, I, I strongly believe people are using the Internet to find attorneys, I think, more than they ever used to. Before, I think the whole referral, you know, and again, I'll say it again, referrals are, are the best way to generate business. However, I think that the trend has been people are going online, people are reading reviews about attorneys. I mean, somebody can go online, write a review about their experience and I people, people read those reviews. People really read those reviews. And A lot of these seasoned attorneys, I mean, you know, I'll admit when I get a a file across my desk, the first thing I do, the very first thing I do before I pick up the phone and call the other attorney is Google them. I will Google the attorney. I will read the reviews. I will see what people say about them. Do they return calls? Are they responsive? Um, Do they have any violations against them? That way I know who I'm dealing with on the other line. And, you know, typically it'll match. If I read something about an attorney, doesn't return calls um, very difficult to get a hold of. I'll pick up the phone, I'll call them, I'll leave a message and they'll call me back maybe a week later, maybe five days later. And by that time, a lot of things have happened. So uh, sometimes I'll read attorneys very responsive, highly recommended. I'll call and uh, you know they won't answer, but I'll get a call back in an hour. So I think the trend is now people are, people want an attorney that is responsive. And that is one of the biggest fear when somebody hires an attorney that they're not going to be responsive. They're not going to answer calls and emails in a timely manner. So they look to online. What are people saying about this attorney? And I, I I feel, maybe I'm not right, but I feel that a lot of the seasoned attorneys aren't paying attention to that. I mean, if you line up 10 seasoned attorneys and ask them if they know anything about their online presence, I can almost guarantee you a majority of them will say, I don't know anything about my online presence. Why? Because... They lived in a generation, they started in a generation in a time where online wasn't as prevalent as it is now. People weren't looking up, people weren't writing reviews, but now they're doing that. And it's crucial to to a new law practice and to a developing law practice and one that wants to grow to be very, very conscious of their online presence. It's it's crucial. I mean, it, it really is.
1: Very strong point. And you know what we're hearing from different lawyers that have been guests, as well as lawyers that I'm talking to about... Just business development in general and changes in innovation. Hearing a lot of comments about technology, whether it's technology to assist in actually doing the work of law, right? So discovery, checking references within documents, but how are people viewing that law firm online? And the fact that there are reviews out there, the ethical standards might require that they, that attorneys understand a certain level of technology. Thoughts on that?
0: I I think, I think it's I think that's imperative. I think that should be should be something that's implemented. I mean I, I dealt with an attorney one time who used no email, no fax. Everything was snail mail to a point where I had to send somebody from my office to drop off and pick up paperwork because if not, it was going to be detrimental to not only my client but their client as well. So, you know, uh, New Jersey has something called an attorney review period of three days, which means that, you know, during three days, three days after signing of a a real estate contract, attorneys, you know, can negotiate it and change the terms. So how are you going to negotiate something like that in three days if they're not using email or fax? That's an extreme example. I I get most attorneys out there use email and fax and, and I'm grateful for that. But I really think, you know, it should technology and 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 how to communicate is something that should be worked into the, you know, the rules and the ethical guidelines. It's, it's imperative. It really is.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. I was talking with uh, one of the representatives from law line and they're doing more and more course coursework around this because it's, you know, it's, and, and again, most, because obviously they're seeing it, it, lawyers from every uh, generation of lawyers right so not just those coming out of school so they're seeing a need to do more and and, and provide more guidance so so Peter you've had the opportunity i mean it's you've got an active business um, you talk about networking obviously you're comfortable approaching people and talking with people and you know really promoting your business which is which is great You know, what advice would you give uh, associates and and new partners or even individuals who are going out and wanting to create their own practice? What advice would you give them about, you know, that starting out and and really, really asking for business?
0: I would say the most important thing is you, you have to have a strategy. What is your strategy? What is your focus? What is the the identity of what you want to start. What kind of attorney do you want to be? Do you want to be in a boutique firm? Do you want to be a, a firm that does a little bit of everything? Do you want to be a niche firm? Because without that, you really don't know how to sell yourself. As an attorney, at the end of the day, you are selling yourself. You're selling knowledge. You're not selling anything tangible. So when when you're presenting that either to one person, a group of people, you know, you're know, you at a networking event, at a family dinner, at a friend's you know, barbecue – what are, what are you selling? What are you, what are you able to offer? So I think that is actually, I, I can confidently say I know that is something that every person who wants to start off on their own needs to do. You need to sit down and whatever, draw it out, map it out, just think about it. What is your identity as, as a law firm and as a person? What are you offering? Because without that, nobody's going to know why you're here. What's your purpose? You know, you're standing in front of somebody and they start telling you what they do and you're up next. What are you going to say to them? I'm an attorney. Okay. What kind of attorney? What do you specialize in? What do you do? Anything interesting? And you know, that, that's what I think is very important. Very, very important.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Great advice. What do you enjoy most about the work you do?
0: This is going to sound so cliche and this is going to be like answer that that most people you know give when some when they're asked why do you want to be an attorney but I really genuinely enjoy when I legitimately help a client and I do something for them that they didn't think can be done Um, just last week I I had a huge I had a trial um, in Essex County where a landlord was evicting um, an elderly disabled couple who have been living in the same apartment for 48 years and without going into too much detail, he did it. The landlord did it before with other tenants in the property and with the same judge, it's the same county, same everything. And I was able to, to, to win that case. And they were able to stay in the apartment that they've been living in for literally almost 50 years. So just the look on their face and and the appreciation from, from them, Thinking that they were going to be evicted because they're in a rent control department was, I mean, it was a lot of effort. I mean, it was, that trial went on for about two months. Um, there was a number of witnesses. There was a number of expert testimony. I mean, there was a lot involved. But the appreciation from them and the appreciation from the community when you, when you develop a, a reputation as being somebody who looks at a client, who treats their clients as if they're doing it for themselves. Right. So that's my whole thing. When I bring a client and I tell them, I'm going to approach your case as if I'm in your shoes and I will do everything as if I'm doing it for myself. And when the client really understands that, because you'll get clients that don't understand that, you know, they want things a certain way, but when the client really understands that and the outcome is, is, is good, it, it really is rewarding. It is very rewarding.
1: I'm sure that doesn't happen all the time, Peter, but to be able to work that hard and and come out with an outcome that, you know, really is the right thing to do, right? Thank you for sharing that. Great thoughts. Glad to have you as a guest on Left Foot. You know, any last thoughts on advice you'd give to others who are either starting out or or really perplexed about, especially the business development side of the responsibilities in a law firm? Uh,
0: here's, Here's the thing. Not everybody, you know, has the mindset or the mentality or the or the will to sit down and and figure out different marketing strategies. The best advice I can give in that facet is: if you don't know how to do it, or you're unaware how to do it, or you don't believe that you'll do a good job at it, hire somebody who knows how to do it. Hire a marketing person. Hire a um, a campaign a campaign manager for your AdWords. Hire, you know, there's 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 outlets for that. If you don't know how to do it, ask. If you still can't figure it out, hire somebody who knows how to do it. Because if you're unaware of, of changing market conditions or, or you know websites that work, websites that don't work, hire somebody that, that is aware. Because at the end of the day, that return that you get on your dollar, it's worth every penny, worth every penny. Um and there's tons and tons of resources out there. I use a website called Law Near Me. That website, you can book an attorney. You can you can search for an attorney and book it online. So I've had clients book where I don't have communication with. They're not tying up my lines. They book on the calendar They and, and it syncs with my calendar and I know when they're coming in. Again, if you don't know it's out, if you don't search, you don't know it's out there. So if you don't know, ask. If you still can't figure it out, hire somebody who'll figure it out for you.
1: Excellent. Great advice. Appreciate you being a guest on Left Foot, Peter. Thank you so much.
0: My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Left Foot. Be sure to visit www.leftfoot.net to access show notes, sign up for our weekday series, and embrace what it means to lead with the left foot.